This is my yard now. Who wants to walk with Elias? The new Daniel Bryan. The WWE Champion. The Hello and welcome to the official wrestling newspaper podcast. Today's a big show as this weekend is the last big weekend of the wrestling year of 2018. Obviously Friday night we have got Ring of Honor's final battle show. Uh, Friday, Saturday we've got New Japan Pro Wrestling Road to Tokyo Dome shows. They are big shows that lead in. They're the, they're the final build towards Wrestle Kingdom from Corican Hall. And then that all culminates on Sunday with WWE's last pay-per-view of the year, Tables, Ladders and Chairs. So we're going to be previewing all three of these shows for you in today's podcast. Um, In the second half of the show, we'll be talking about Raw, we'll be talking about SmackDown. We'll, We'll be briefly getting into a bit of news as well for you. So yeah, so we're going to start with Tables, Ladders and Chairs. Um, Sunday from San Jose, California. Um, I say the the card. It's a really, really big card. I think the only worrying thing is there could be maybe too many matches on this card. Um, there's like four, you'd say, really big matches, and then there's a few matches on there that you're just thinking, mm, did they really need to be on pay per view? But I don't know. Some of the matches will deliver. I'm just a little worried they might not get enough time. Um, I remember, I think it was SummerSlam, probably this year as well, there, you, you had Strowman Lesnar, you had Ronda Alexa Bliss, that, um, Finn Balor against Baron Corbin. They, they, those matches didn't get much time because there were so many matches on the show. The year before, you had um, Orton beating Rusev in like a 15-second match, which purely down to not having enough time. Um, this card, it's honestly, you could get away. There's not obviously the big marquee match, but apart if you take that out, this is up there. You could argue this could be a WrestleMania type card. Obviously, there's no Universal Title match, no Lesnar as usual, but there's some really good matches on this card. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the show. Hopefully, it delivers. It's just the timing of it that's a little bit confusing because I just don't see how they're going to fit 12 matches in. Um, so we'll start by getting into probably the biggest match on the show for a lot of people. Becky versus Charlotte versus Oscar in a TLC match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now this match, it should be great. Obviously, Becky's the most over, well, 
superstar on the roster at the moment. Charlotte, she's pretty over at the moment. Charlotte's one of the best women's wrestlers there is. Obviously, nobody needs explaining how great Oscar is. It's great that she's finally getting a chance. So these three, I think in a normal triple threat match, I'd be 100% sure they'll go out there and kill it. But TLC matches, you can never totally commit to them being great. But I think these three are that good enough works. It should be a really, really good match. Personally, I think it will, and I think it should main event the show. I'd say it's the biggest match on the show, so yeah, just give him the main event. I mean, Ronda against Charlotte easily could have main evented Survivor Series last month, but they chose to go with Bryan against Lesnar. But I'd say this match, just give him the main event, give him a little test for WrestleMania if they are going to go with the main event match at WrestleMania. Let him main event this show. It's a big enough match. It feels right. It's probably it's the biggest match on the show. Give them the main event spot. It's prediction. So my prediction, and a lot of people are fancying Oscar in this match as it was a bit random she was added. But if I'm analysing the way I think the booking could go, I'm going to go with a surprise win here for Charlotte. Can never rule her out in the big pay-per-view matches. And I think they're going to go, in my opinion, down the road of Charlotte versus Ronda and Becky versus Nia at WrestleMania. So if they're doing that, you'd probably say Charlotte's going to win this match. Obviously, Oscar could win. They could go that route. They could have Becky and Charlotte chase after Ronda on Raw and have Oscar. I don't know who she'd face, maybe. I can't, no, no, no names spring to mind, but I'm sure there'll be someone out there. Maybe Mandy Rose, they're looking at pushing her. Sonya Deville going into the Royal Rumble. But I say someone could win the Royal Rumble and face Oscar at WrestleMania. It could go anyway. As I say, this match is really it could go. I'm not ruling Becky out, but I, I think Becky might drop the title here. Which if she drops the title, sort of your Daniel Bryan effect, where when he lost the title back in 2014, it got people were fuming. They'll get more behind you. You know for sure Charlotte wins this match. Twitter will have an absolute meltdown that Becky is not the women's champion anymore and it'll just get the crowd more behind her. So it, to me, it's probably in Becky's best interest to not win this match. As they, hopefully she does all right in the match. Obviously, she's just coming off a concussion and a broken nose slash face. So obviously, I, I think a lot of the match will be Charlotte Oscar taking the bigger bumps, but hey, you don't know. They, I think they'll go all out. This match, I'm predicting a Charlotte win and I'm predicting it'll be a great match. Next, probably your second biggest match on the show, also coming from SmackDown, is a dream match for many. I feel like it's it's not it's getting a bit glossed over, but Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship on a WWE pay-per-view. That is huge. A year ago, this would have been a dream for a lot of people. Obviously, they've had their matches on SmackDown. They've been given 15 minutes or so. Obviously, with commercials in between, they've had really, really good matches on SmackDown, uh, probably just short of your four-star range here. Hopefully, hopefully they're allowed to go out there for a solid 25 minutes and absolutely kill it. I think they're both going to be up for this match, but a few of AJ's matches this year, for me, haven't quite lived up to the... They've been good, but they've not just been taken to that extra level where you're looking at your Samoa Joe matches, your Nakamura matches. So hopefully, Brian and Styles, they should go out there and have a great match. If not, it'll be criminal. Um, I'm glad this match isn't a stipulation match, though, I must say, because I was worried they was going to do a TLC match, and it just didn't need that TLC stipulation. Obviously, they can have this match, and then they can probably... I think they will probably have another match, probably build towards a rematch at the Royal Rumble um, in Phoenix at the stadium, so... 
So, yeah, so you can have your normal wrestling match. Just go out there, have a great wrestling match, tell a great story. Brian will obviously be working on the knees and the leg that he took out in the story. Hopefully, well, he will do. Brian ain't going to not do that. Um, so, yeah, I can see my prediction is, I think, Daniel Bryan via shenanigans. He'll win, but it won't be a clean win. Maybe a ball shot or something like that. So, yeah, Daniel Bryan is leaving with the title for me. It'd just be a bit strange to take it off him at this point when he's so hot. His heel, angry, vegan character is brilliant at the moment. He's killing it with promos. I think he needs to retain the title. I think he will. I think he'll probably keep the title till WrestleMania for me, where I don't know who you might you might face. He might face Rollins. People have mentioned Balor. Personally, I could see, people aren't going to like this, I could see a heel Daniel Bryan against a face John Cena with Cena chasing his record-setting title win. So, yeah, so I'm going with Daniel Bryan via shenanigans for this match. Hopefully, it's a brilliant match. It should be. Hopefully, there's not too many matches on the show, and it only ends up getting 15 minutes, but it should get the time. Now, next, we will have... This isn't in order, obviously. This is just probably... I put them in order of probably biggest to least biggest matches. So, next, I'm going to talk about Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match. And if Braun Strowman wins, he gets to face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, and if Baron Corbin wins, he becomes the permanent permanent sorry general manager of Raw. Now, obviously, there's a lot of controversy about this. The ratings on Raw, the last two weeks, have, as we'll get into later, have been at an all-time low. Um, so, obviously, they might look to change stuff up, maybe get a new general manager in, they might think he'll change that. I, everyone hates Corbin, right? I think he's done a good job as GM. I see a lot of people complaining I think as a as far as heel GMs go, he's done a good job. I'm not a big fan of the heel GM, but I think he's done as well as he could have done. He's I feel like Baron Corbin in August. You looked at him; he was a mid card, and nobody cared about him. You can't say that now. He's getting really strong heel reactions from the crowd. I think he's his promo works come on a lot. If he could just sort himself out in the ring, but he had a great match as we'll get into later. Once again, with Rollins on Raw, and um, obviously Rollins. Anyone should be able to have a good match with Rollins. But that was a really good match. Um, so hopefully Corbin's improving. They're really high on him. I say, I don't mind Corbin. He's not one of my favourite wrestlers. Not that I have favourite wrestlers, really. But I, I, I think Corbin, he's fine. Do you know what I mean? He is. I think he's done a really good job these last four or five months. I wouldn't mind if it continued. But I think they're going to go with Strowman facing Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. So you'd probably say Braun's going to win. But they could also have Corbin win and then somehow Strowman gets his title shot back in the next six weeks or so. Um, obviously, it's six weeks until the Royal Rumble. But for me, obviously, Strowman's coming back from surgery. I would have probably just took him out of the match and it would have made, for me, more sense to have Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin win it, gets the GM spot. But they've not gone that way. I don't know what's happened to Angle since his loss to Drew McIntyre on Raw five, six weeks ago. We've not seen anything from him. Maybe he could appear here. I'm not so sure. But my prediction is Braun will win in a probably a two or three minute match. I think it'll be a very short match. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if Corbin won via some type of screw job. So yeah, you can't really out another unpredictable match on the show. But put a gun to my head, I'm going to choose Braun Strowman. Right, next, 
And it's a rematch from Money in the Bank as Ronda Rousey defends the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax. Hashtag facebreaker, as Michael Cole loves to tell us. I hate when people say hashtag this, hashtag that, hashtag shut up. Anyway, so they obviously had a really good match at Money in the Bank. Uh, They worked on this match a lot. They had a lot of practice for it. A lot of people thought that it wouldn't be a good match, but the Money in the Bank match was good. There was a lot of smoke and mirrors in the match. Obviously, Alexa Bliss cashed in her Money in the Bank after the match. I think the match went about 15 minutes with Ronda selling a lot. Hopefully, they keep this match short, and I think with the card, as we've talked a lot about the timing, I think they'll keep this short, maybe a five, six-minute match. Prediction. Now, I could be pinching here, but I think Nia Jax might win this match. Just listen to me a sec, right? I think they're going to go with Becky and Nia at WrestleMania. At some point, Becky is going to face Nia. There's no way Vince is not going to think I'm going to cash in on this story. The natural story of Nia breaking Becky's nose. Let's call it nose. So I think they're going to go with Becky versus Nia. So I think Nia, for me, I'd say I think Nia is going to win this match and become the Raw Women's Champion because I think they're going to go with Becky, Nia, and Ronda Shola. As I say, I could be wrong. Well, that is just me. So a fantasy book, well, not fantasy booking, so I'd sooner it be Ronda against Becky. But that is what I think they might do. So I think they're going to go with the match they wanted, Ronda Shola. And they'll give Becky the title win at WrestleMania against Nia. But as I say, I could be wrong. So this hopefully is a short match. Doesn't need to go a long time. Um, so yeah, there'll be a lot of heat going into this match. Obviously, Ronda Rousey's very over. M- the majority of the crowd hate Nia Jax. So the crowd should be alive for this one. But our prediction is a Nia Jax victory. Next, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. This is a dream feud for big fans of The Shield. Obviously, they had a feud in, I believe, 2015 after Rollins won the title at WrestleMania. They had some good matches. They weren't really great matches, but they had some good matches on pay-per-view. They did the whole deal at... What pay-per-view was it? Uh, they Where Ambrose won the title, then the decision got reversed. They had that match. I can't think of it. It was the same pay-per-view that Cena faced Kevin Owens. I think I can't remember what it was. Anyway, we'll have a look at that later. But yeah, so they've had matches in the past. They've been okay. Um, The feud, a lot of people are down on the feud. But I think it's been okay. Obviously, the problem they had was the turn, Ambrose's turn on Rollins happened mid-October. And they didn't want to have the match at Survivor Series. So somehow, they had to keep it going for seven or eight weeks. Now, we know that WWE's strong point is not keeping feuds going long-term. So they have struggled with that. Um... But I say, I think it's been fine. <coughs> Sorry. I say, I think it's been fine. Um, <coughs> it didn't help they had so long to build to it. But hey, they wanted to capitalise in their minds on the heat they'd get for Roman. Obviously being out, hope he's alright. They thought they'd cash in on the heat they'd get from doing the turn on the night that Roman announced he had leukaemia. Um, obviously, they've gone with Ambrose with his gas mass in recent weeks, shitting on the fans. Um, a lot of people haven't enjoyed the feud, but I will say this. I watched the video package for the feud, and in a few years' time, people will look back and watch the pay-per-view. They won't remember the Raw segments, probably, in between. If they re-watch this pay-per-view, they'll see the four-minute video package, and the feud looked fine in that package. It looked well built up. Which really is that's what they build to getting these video packages looking like the feud's been good. Which it's not been great, but it's been fine. I've not minded it. I've enjoyed Ambrose. 
Um, and I say the video package has been good, so they're fine with that. My prediction. Mm. Now, we're thinking that Rollins is going to be facing Lesnar at WrestleMania. They hinted that on Raw um, this week. So, I think they're probably going to want the IC title off Rollins. So, I'm going to predict that Ambrose wins here. But, I just... See, the thing is why I'm going with Ambrose. I think he just can't afford a loss. If Ambrose loses this match, where does he go? What does he do? Does he get heat on there? Rollins and the feud continues. I'm not sure. I'd say I think this might just be a one and done. I think Ambrose will win and Rollins will possibly win the Royal Rumble, but we'll see about that. So our prediction is Dean Ambrose win. Next, I feel like there's been so many matches on this show, isn't there? There's Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. Now this match, I'm not sure if I don't really like the chairs match gimmick, but I suppose they've incorporated the chair into the feud. I would have preferred a mask match, which I suppose could still happen at, on a New Year's edition of SmackDown or at the Royal Rumble. But they just wanted to get these two on the card, I think. So in a chairs match, um, I think this should be a quick match as well. They had a match at was it the show in Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel in November? It was okay. Um, yeah, so I'm not too excited about this match. I think it, it is amazing, though, really, in 2018 that we're having Mysterio against Randy Orton matches on pay-per-view. These two faced off at No Way Out 2006, 12 years ago. And 12 years later, they're still both in great shape and they're still, well, at the top of the card, really. At least at the top of SmackDown. So, yeah, so my prediction, I'm going to go with Mysterio via a fluke sort of win to keep the feud going, as I think they might build to a mass match, hopefully they will, I'm not sure, but it wouldn't surprise me maybe, if, mm, no, I wouldn't say they might push Mysterio towards a title match, as I wouldn't mind seeing Mysterio against Brian, but I think this feud might just continue, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Right, next, Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Um, they've built this feud up all right. Obviously, um, I'm glad that Balor's getting a bit of spotlight on the show, on the main pay per view. I'm not his biggest fan with his WWE work, but obviously his New Japan work was great. But he deserves a chance. So Drew McIntyre, they're obviously hot on Drew McIntyre. Um, it could be a good match if given enough time. These two are both really good. Finn's a great worker. Drew's a very good worker. Um, so I said this could be a good match, but it's just the timing issue that worries me. Um. My prediction, obviously, it's, I'm going to go with Drew, as he's their guy at the moment. He lost to Ziggler on Raw the other week, so I can't see them having him lose again. So, unfortunately for Finn, I'm predicting a Drew McIntyre win. Right, next we're going to be talking about the matches that really, I feel, do they need to be on the show? Some of them, anyway. So, we're going to have a quick music interval, or some sort of interval, and we'll be back to talk about the remaining five matches on the TLC show. Stay with us. The old Daniel Bryan. The Daniel Bryan that these people loved. That Daniel Bryan is dead. What the hell was that about? Come on, Daniel! Something just snapped in Daniel Bryan. I don't care if it's the new Daniel Bryan, the old Daniel Bryan, they have the same face to me, and I'm looking forward to smashing that face in. You can be cool, you can be shy, say what you are, say what you like, cause your body talks, your body talks, your body talks, you can be 
dreams took over. And Daniel Bryan's dreams kicked AJ Styles in the AJ Styles ready for his WWE Championship rematch at the TLC pay-per-view. Hello, back on the show, and we're going to continue our wrestling newspaper prediction and preview show, well, preview part of the show, for tables, ladders, and chairs. So, where was we? We just previewed the Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre match. Now we're going to talk about the next match, which is Bobby Lashley versus Elias. And I think it, is it a guitar on a pole ladders match? I, I, I don't even know, really. Um... As I say, to me, now we talked about Balor against McIntyre in the last segment on the show. Lashley and Elias, to me, they could have just tied the two matches together. They could have had Balor and Elias versus McIntyre and Lashley. Obviously, McIntyre and Lashley are sort of aligned. So I think they could have killed two birds with one stone and just had a tag team match. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if we needed two singles matches, but hey, they must want. Elias is obviously very over at the moment. Maybe they want him in a singles match with a big win on pay-per-view. So if that's the case, I kind of understand. But there's a lot of matches on this show, as we've said. And I would have preferred this maybe not to have been on the show. But hey, I think this match, probably it's probably going to be a horrible match, let's be honest. Lashley is not a great worker. Elias, as much as we all love his character, is not a good worker at the moment, at least. He's trying, but... Two not very good workers. Hopefully it's kept short, but I'm not sure. Well, I could see this going at least 10 minutes. Um, to me, obviously, I'm going to go with Elias to get the victory. Um, he got pinned on Raw by Leo Rush, so it's the typical WWE mentality for me of, oh, well, he's winning on Sunday, so let's jump him out on the rows leading up to the show, as nobody will remember as he's got the win on pay-per-view. So for me, prediction Elias don't really want to see this match hopefully they surprise me and have a good match but i can't see it next smackdown tag team championship match the bar versus the usos versus the new day the new day seem to be on every damn tag team title match on every damn pay-per-view seriously right i used to be a big fan of the new day back when they was heels but now this dumb pancake gimmick I'm fans of each of them individually, but I'm sick of this stupid pancake gimmick. I don't even care about pancakes. Shut up. Do you know what I mean? They're, in, they're hand-given, hand-whatever. Every tag team title match, the New Day have to be in it. Just leave them off the show. The Usos beat the bar in a really good singles match on SmackDown. Just go with the bar against the Usos. You don't need to make it a triple threat match to get the New Day on the show. Do you know what I mean? Just to have gone with the bar versus the Usos. The New Day are like the spare part in this match. Um, I could see this match. It, they had a triple threat tag team match at Mania, didn't they? I think it was Usos, New Day and... Was it Harper and Rowan? And that match just got lost in the shuffle. It was straight after the Rousey match. And it, the crowd were dead. They got five, six minutes. And they could have gone out there and killed it. But I can see, again, this being a short match. Now... The prediction, I'd probably go with the Usos for me. They've been given a lot of wins on TV, which probably means they're losing, actually. But the Usos, I think, maybe it's time to take the titles off the bar. So I'm going to go with the Usos for the win. And I think they'll have a rematch at the Royal Rumble in Phoenix between the Usos and the bar. They'll probably have New Day selling pancakes or on commentary on the outside, as they have to get the New Day in these tag team title matches. Ran over. Hopefully it's a good match. It will be a good match. New Day... New Day are good workers, but they don't need to be in every tag team title match. Do you know what I mean? I'm a big Xavier Woods fan, big, big, big E fan, 
but I just don't need to see him in every tag title match, especially with these bloody pancakes. Right, next, another match we didn't need on the show, Natalia versus Ruby Riot in a tables match. Do you know what I mean? This is the sort of match you would have seen maybe on a pay-per-view back when it was a, a Raw-branded show or a SmackDown-branded show. This doesn't need to be on a double-branded pay-per-view stacked show. Um, they built the feud. It's quite a bit of a sort of a strong feud, I suppose. Um, obviously, Ruby Riot talking about Natalia's dad on Raw, as we was talk well, as we'll talk about later. Um, so yeah, so this is a tables match. Um, Natalia's dedicating the match to her dad. So you've got to say Natalia. Hopefully, will win this match. As if you're dedicating the match to your father that passed away six months ago, I don't want to see you lose the match. So yeah, hopefully Natalia gets the win in this unnecessary pay-per-view match. Next, and I can't believe I'm saying this, we've got the Mixed Match Challenge Final. Back when this started in the year of 2002, it seems, because this tournament's been going on for at least 20 years, who would have predicted that in the final we'd have had Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox against R-Truth and Carmella? The tournament's been a disaster, nobody watches it, everyone gets taken out of the tournament due to stories and injuries, WWE can't plan anything over a month, over a week even at times, so why have a drawn out three to four month tournament, just stupid really, and the best part of it all, the winners of this get the number 30 spot in the Royal Rumble. So yeah, so either Jinder Mahal or R-Truth are going to be number 30 in the Men's Royal Rumble, Now I think they might just forget, or just make you think that they forgot that they offered the number 30 spot in this match, so I just can't see how Jinder or R-Truth could be given the number 30 spot, but that's what they've said, whether they stick to it or not is to, yet to be seen my prediction, I don't know it's hard to predict in it, i probably go with Truth and Carmella's, they're over at the moment, I quite like the act, but yeah, this match essentially means nothing, hopefully it's 5 minutes, hopefully it's on the pre-show, whether or not it is is yet to be seen so my prediction, I'm going to go with Truth and Carmella to win the Mixed Match Challenge. And R-Truth to be the 30th entrant in the Men's Royal Rumble. Right, next, a match that will be good. Not, I, do you know what? I like that it's on the show. Hopefully, I'd like them to give a 205 Live match the opening spot on a pay-per-view. As the crowd will be more into it instead of being in the middle of the show. So we've got Buddy Murphy against Cedric Alexander. We know these two will give a good match. But have them in a position where the crowd are going to be into the match. Not in the middle of the show. Not after a WWE title match. Give them the opening match on the show. Give them 10 minutes, 15 minutes. They'll go out there, they'll kill it. Do you know what I mean? They're both great workers. So, But if they have it in the middle of the show, or predictably they'll probably have it on the pre-show. Hopefully they don't. Um, the crowd will be dead. So yeah, so... Get, let them open the show and let them get some crowd reaction. They're both great workers. They're both they're better than 205 Live. Um, my prediction, I can't see the title coming off Buddy Murphy. Unless maybe Cedric turns heel as he's been showing a little bit of that on 205 Live recently. But my prediction is Buddy Murphy. So yes, yeah, so we've run through every match on the show for you. There's a strong, the strong five or six matches on the show followed by a weak five or six matches. As I say, I'm so intrigued by what they do on the timing on this show. I think it should be really interesting. Um, for me, I think they need at least three shows, three matches on the pre-show, and we'll have nine matches on the main show. Obviously, I'm surprised they've not. They could have had Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe. They could have had Nakamura, Rusev on this show. They've been building to it on SmackDown, so those four are off the show. It would seem. 
So yeah, so there's a lot on this show, isn't there, really? I'm surprised. I don't know if it's a four-hour show or not, but it should be. I think they do have four hours, don't they? It's a 12 o'clock start time, so I suppose if they've got four hours, then that's fine. People complain about the length for WWE shows, but if it's needed, I don't mind it. It's when they draw it out for no reason, but yeah. So I'll just quickly run through the matches for you on the TLC show. Becky versus Charlotte versus Oscar TLC match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, WWE Championship. Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, TLC match. Rousey, Nia Jax, Raw Women's Championship. Rollins versus Ambrose. Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley versus Elias, guitar on a pole slash ladder match. The Bar versus New Day versus the Usos in a triple threat SmackDown Tag Team Championship. You've got Natalia versus Ruby Riot Tables match. Jinder Mahal, Alicia Fox versus R Truth and Carmella in the Mix Match Challenge Final. Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight title. Whew, let me take a breath. It's 12 matches. It's going to be one hell of a show. It's either going to be great or it's either going to fall off a cliff. So there's too many good matches for it to fall off a cliff for me. Say one thing that I've not mentioned, and that's in the uh, Braun Strowman, not Braun Strowman, Elias, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin matches. What are they going to hang above the ladder? Um, now I've seen that. I was listening to the Meltzer podcast um, with Alvarez, and they were saying that they matched have two contracts, but no one's actually mentioned the fact that in the last TLC pay per view, the match was decided by a pinfall. So, they could just have Strowman come out at his finish on Corbin for the win. Do you know what I mean? They could just do the pinfall. So, I think they might do that, actually, because what can they realistically hang above the ring? So, I think they might just decide that match via pinfall. But we will wait and see. So, that's it. That is your preview of TLC. I've ran through every match for you. I've talked about the predictions for the show. Um, follow our Twitter at WrestleNewsPAPR, at WrestleNewspaper. We will be putting up polls for each match to see your predictions, who you think is going to win the matches. So join in with us on that. Tweet me about TLC. You've got any questions, you want to know anything about TLC, give us a tweet. I'll talk to you about TLC. I'll, say I'll be staying up till the early hours of 4am in the UK to watch this show on Sunday. We will be back. I'm hoping to get the podcast done at some point on Monday in and between work and um, we'll be back reviewing TLC so make sure you check out the show for that TLC review hopefully it will be up Monday afternoon I'm hoping for I'm excited for the show do you know what I mean people say there's too many WWE shows it's been four weeks since the pay-per-view I think so I'm excited for the show hopefully they deliver there's some really matches that I'm intrigued by so yeah that is your TLC preview when we come back, we're going to be talking about Ring of Honor Final Battle 2018, and we're going to be talking briefly about New Japan Road to Tokyo Dome shows. So stay with us, and when we're back, we'll be talking about Ring of Honor and about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Waking fucked up in the morning, girl is gone and I see you I cannot drink this any longer, one more glass and I will spew And my head just keeps on bonking, I am hungover like you What the fuck is going on here, I don't understand this too I lost my job and need some money, but instead I got some booze And tonight we're going all out, would you like to have some too? I'm already fucking wasted, hello love and how about you? I'm already fucking wasted
So now we dance. Hello, back on the show, and as I've just said in the previous part, we're now going to turn our attentions to Friday night's big Ring of Honor pay-per-view. It is Final Battle 2018. Now, this Final Battle is usually the best, you'd probably say the best ROH show of the year. It's a really strong card, actually. Do you know what I mean? I think the card's really good. and There's a good five, six matches on the card that could be good to great, sort of like TLC. Um, obviously, the big story of the show is that this is pipped to be the last show that the members of the Elite are on. Obviously, Cody, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks—they don't. People are saying this is the well, they're saying this is the last show they will be on for Ring of Honor. So everyone is assuming they'll lose their matches. The, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a swerve. The Elite boys are known for a bit of a swerve, so. Obviously, you've got Jay Lethal against Cody Rhodes for the Ring of Honor World title. He's saying it's his last match in Ring of Honor, so everyone's going to expect the Lethal win. But it would not surprise me one bit if Cody Rhodes wins this match. But we'll wait and see on that. Um, Obviously, there's a match on this show. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have seen Jonathan Gresham. He's on the indie scene. He's not been really given as much spotlight as he should have in Ring of Honor. Jonathan Gresham, for me, is one of the best US workers. He's brilliant. I saw him at Fight Club Pro the other week, actually. But Gresham is a fantastic wrestler. And he is facing, for me, I'm going to say it, the man who I believe is... I, I think Zack Sabre Jr. is the best wrestler in the world right now. He is he's exactly my type of wrestler. His story, I, I just think Sabre Jr. is brilliant. And this match is a dream match for me, at least. It is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jonathan Gresham. I am begging Ring of Honor, give them 20, give them 25 minutes. They will go out there and they will give you a match of the year contender. I am so excited for this match. It should be great. So make sure you watch the Sabre Gresham match. Um, I can't believe Sabre, apparently Sabre, I'm not a big ROH fan, right, but apparently Sabre hasn't been a regular in Ring of Honor before, I don't. I think this might be his Ring of Honor debut, um, which I find hard to believe, but if that's true, Ring of Honor, do you know what, I'm going to get into this, right, Ring of Honor, I used to watch every show, I'd buy the shows, the DVDs from 2002 to 2006, I'd watch every show. I was at Unified where Brian Danielson had his famous match with Nigel McGuinness. I used to love ROH. It was brilliant. And I started watching again a couple of years ago. And it's just not the Ring of Honor that I knew. Like, there is so many great independent talents out there at the moment in wrestling. And hardly any of them wrestled for Ring of Honor. Do you know what I mean? It's took the elite saying that they're leaving Ring of Honor for them to finally pull their fingers out and try and sign some indie talent. Obviously, they've signed Brody King, they've signed PCO. Um, but now, because WWE are trying to sign all the indie talent, and because the uh, Elite are leaving, they're trying to sign, do you know what I mean, your Ring of Honor style, well, 10 years ago, Ring of Honor style wrestlers. And they should have been doing this for years. They've missed out on so much talent. As I say, do you know what I mean? You, you watch a PWG show, Yeah. That PWG show 10 years ago would have been an ROH type of show. All the best re- independent wrestlers in the world used to wrestle on these Ring of Honor shows. Whereas now, 
it's just not the case. Obviously, this is a strong show, so they're trying. But a lot of the Ring of Honor shows I watch, they're just like house show matches. Do you know what I mean? You might have Osprey coming for one match or something, but the way Ring of Honor used Osprey was ridiculous. But do you know what I mean? I just think Ring of Honor needs to pull the fingers out. I'm hoping in 2019 that they go back to getting all the best indie talent that's out there and Ring of Honor becomes what I used to know it as. As I say, this card, back to the pay-per-view, sorry, a bit of a diversion there. But this card, it is a good card. And I think 2019 for Ring of Honor is going to be about sort of just completely laying the foundations for the next few years, getting new talent in and starting again if the Elite are in fact going. Obviously, the Elite, as independent contractors, they can, they probably will wrestle for Ring of Honor next year, I think, at least anyway. But yeah, so hopefully Ring of Honor sort themselves out and sign some talent. Um, this card, as back to the pay-per-view, this card is a good card. Do you know what I mean? I think this will be a really, one of the better, it'll be the best Ring of Honor show this year, except maybe since the New Orleans show, which I wasn't at because I went to NXT, but my mate Danny, who I was with, staying with at the hotel, he, he was at the show and he really enjoyed the show. So I'll just quickly run through the card for you. Uh, you've got Jay Lethal versus Cody Rhodes in a Ring of Honor World title match. That should be good. Wouldn't surprise me if Rhodes won. A match which I think could be great here. You've got Jeff Cobb against Hangman Page for the Ring of Honor TV title. I like the fact Ring of Honor signed Jeff Cobb. As I say, maybe the starting to move in that direction of bringing the top independent talent in. So Cobb against Page would be a great match. Then we've got Sabre Gresham. We've talked about that. That would be brilliant. We've got Scorpio Sky Kazarian against the Young Bucks, against the Briscoes for a ladder match for the Ring of Honor tag titles. I'm sure I watched this match on maybe the show before New Orleans. I can't maybe Manhattan Mayhem this year. I think they might have had that match. Maybe it was on the New Orleans show. I think it was on the New Orleans show, but I've seen this match before, and it was a great match. They will have another great match. Young Bucks in ladder matches is going to be great. So, yeah, that'll be good. You've got Marty Skrull against Christopher Daniels in, well... That'll be a good match. The rights to face the Ring of Honor champion. So Skrull against Daniels will be good. I think they've had a title match before, which wasn't great, but I if they had a title. Anyway, they should have a good match. You've got Matt Taven against Dalton Castle. Um, that'll be okay. Bully Ray against Flip Gordon in an I Quit match. That should be it. It'll be interesting, won't it? Bully Ray's got a great heel character. Flip Gordon can go. Eli Ism, is it? I don't even know who he is, to be honest with you. So I feel a bit bad saying that. Against Kenny King in the opener. Kenny King's alright. Some people don't like him, but I think he's fine. That's a strange choice of opener for me, but hey, I'm sure it'll be fine. You've got a four-way women's title match, which every time I watch Ring of Honor, I know you're not meant to say this, but the women's title matches are crap. They never deliver. They just... I don't know, they need to concentrate more on the women's wrestling side of things, there is some great independent women wrestlers out there, but for some reason Ring of Honor decided not to bring them in, so yeah, so I don't mean to be down on Ring of Honor, but I say this show should be a good show, I'm excited for this show, um, the show is 8pm Eastern on Friday night, so make sure you watch that, it is on Fight TV, it is on Honor Club, so make sure you watch that show, I don't think I'll be staying up for it, but I will be watching it Saturday morning, um, and I'll probably have a, I will have a review on. It'll be reviewed on the TLC review show, which will be up on Monday. So yeah, so check out the show, check out the Sabre Gresham match. Um, Cobb Hangman will be good. Check those matches out. It'll be a great show, as I hope it will. Check out Ring of Honor Final Battle 2018. Right.
Now, this weekend also sees two New Japan shows. We've got the Road to Tokyo Dome shows, Friday and Saturday at Corican Hall. Um, see, there's a lot of your typical New Japan tag team matches that not many people are too interested in, if I'm honest. So I've just picked out a few of the things that I think could be interesting. Um, right, so obviously the main event of Sunday's show, it'll be a great match, Saturday's show, sorry, It'll be a great match, so check out this match. It is four of the best workers in the world. It's Tanahashi and Osprey against Omega and Ibushi. So, obviously, I don't need to explain this. They'll have a great match, I would assume. So, watch this match. Big match. It's going to be brilliant. I'm excited to see this, right? Another match you might not be... So, you won't know much about, maybe. But I'm going to point in the direction of Shota Yamina, who is a great young boy. Watch his match. He was facing Shingo to to Shingo Takagi. Struggled to say that name. He's facing Shingo. So Amina against Shingo. We'll just call him Shingo. So Shoto Yamina against Shingo on the Friday show. I think it's the second match on the show. They're both great. They could go out there and have a great match. So I'm hoping that that is the case. So check out that match. Um, you've got Okada against Gado, which is a match I'm not really sure anyone ever thought they'd see or wanted to see, but that'll be interesting. Obviously, JY will get involved in that. So, yeah, Okada against Gado. So, those two matches, they're on the first night. So, yeah, check that. And then, obviously, you've got... Is Chris Jericho going to appear on these shows? I can't see him not doing as He's not really been on many shows to build this Naito match at the Tokyo Dome. So I don't think he's he's not in concert this weekend. Meltzer sort of hinted that he's going to be there. So I, let's be honest, Chris Jericho is probably going to be there this weekend. So check out the shows and you're probably going to see Chris Jericho. So that's it. The Tokyo, Road to Tokyo Dome shows, they're never great shows, but they'll just be a final build towards the Tokyo Dome. So, yeah, I'm excited for the Tokyo Dome. My mate is going. I could have gone with him, but I've chose to go to WrestleMania weekend instead as I can't really do both. Yeah, so hopefully I made the right decision. I'm gutted I'm not going. The Tokyo Dome show is fantastic. Um, I think it's going to be one of the best Wrestle Kingdoms, if not the best wrestling shows ever. So I'm devastated I'm not going. But I say one of my mates is going. So I should. Yeah, hopefully he'll send us some photos and updates on his experience at new japan wrestle kingdom show so yeah so that's it this weekend so we've previewed the shows we've got tlc sunday night should be good ring of honor final battle friday night should be good you've got two tokyo road to tokyo dome shows from new japan they should be interesting so you've got this we every month we have one wrestling weekend it seems that's massive and this is the last one of this year so just you know stop what you're doing Watch some wrestling, watch Final Battle, watch TLC, watch the Tokyo Dome, Road to Tokyo Dome shows. We will talk about all these shows and more on Monday's TLC review show. So make sure you check that out. I hope you've enjoyed my preview. I've tried to break it down as quickly as I can. We've talked in depth about some of the matches from TLC. We've just ran through the Ring of Honor shows for you. So as I say, enjoy the shows, watch the shows. Hopefully the good. Hopefully I don't have loads of stuff to rant about on Monday. So that's it, yeah. Um, so we're going to have our half-time break now. When I'm back, I'm going to talk about Raw, talk about SmackDown. I am out of breath, so I am going to have a glass of Vimto. And we will be back after the half-time break. See you in a minute. You came to me in a dream last night. 
Hello, back on the show. Hope you enjoyed our halftime music break. And we are now going to get back to reviewing. Now, normally we start the show by talking about Raw and SmackDown. But I thought the main talking point was really previewing the TLC shows, Final Battle, Tokyo Dome shows. That's what you want to hear about. So, second half of the show, we're going to talk about Raw from this week. And, well, well, SmackDown as well. Well, the show... The show, for the second week running, produced the lowest rating in Raw history. Now, I thought the show was fine, to be honest with you. I, seen, I listened to Meltzer's podcast and he, him and Alvarez basically pulled the show apart. People on Twitter pulled the show apart. Whereas for me, I thought the show was it was fine. It was a big upgrade from last week's show. But... People didn't like the show, apparently. I thought it was... Do you know what I mean? The show opened up with Seth Rollins calling out Baron Corbin. He basically told Corbin that under his leadership, Raw sucked, which got a big pop. He blamed it on Corbin. Um, He was saying that there's such a talented Raw roster, Corbin doesn't know what to do with it. He said that there's an amazing tag team like The Revival and that he has them doing nothing. He comments twice on the ratings being down which just shows how fuming Vince is about the ratings fall. But, yes, yeah, so basically, Baron Corbin here was basically... I seen someone, I think it was Smart to Death podcast, who were a really good podcast, by the way, check them out. Um, they were saying that Baron Corbin was playing the role of Vince McMahon and Seth Rollins was the internet, which was a good shout, actually, it was true. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was a really good promo from Rollins. I enjoyed it. Um, really good stuff. And it leads to, later, it builds up for a TLC match for the IC title between Rollins and Corbin. So, I enjoyed this segment, do you know what I mean? They they mentioned that Brock Lesnar hasn't wrestled on Raw since 2002, which I thought was funny. Now, to me, do you know what I mean? I'm not one of these that, like, gets dead into the storyline. So, the selling, that well, unless it was the Daniel Bryan one, which they sort of got me with a few years ago. But, the selling... The fact that Lesnar isn't here because he doesn't want to be here. That story has been done to perfection. They say they can't work a crowd in 2018, but this shows you can. I see people are fuming. They hate Lesnar because he doesn't want to be here and he's hijacked the title. Sorry. Oh. It is like they think that Lesnar is actually literally hijacking the title. I hate to break this to you. 
he's not. It's story. Vince, if Vince wanted him there every week, he'd be there every week. But Vince won't pay him to do that. So the story, it's just been worked brilliantly. Lesnar, do you know what I mean? If Lesnar's told to be somewhere, he'll be there. Do you know what I mean? Everyone thinks that, oh, it's Lesnar's refusing to do this. That's what they want. They don't want to pay him, yeah? They don't want to pay him that money to be on the show, so he's not. If they wanted him to wrestle on Raw and paid him for it, he'd do it. Lesnar, I think Lesnar's great. I don't mind. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if I'd want him to be champion as much as he has been, but he can put on a killer match when he wants to, so... I like Lesnar. Do you know what I mean? I loved his work back from in 2002, 2003. So, I like Lesnar. Don't shoot me down. But Lesnar is... Do you know what I mean? Lesnar is like the last great superstar in WWE. There's no one that matches up to his presence when he comes out anymore. And I tell you what, every year at WrestleMania... Maybe not for the... Because you WrestleMania, you don't have your diehards there. You have a few diehards, but it's a lot of casuals and stuff. And the biggest one of the biggest pops of the night is usually that Lesnar entrance... From like three of the WrestleManias I've been, at least, anyway. So, yeah, so I, I don't mind listening. So, yeah, so anyway, back to it. They sort of set this, do you know what I mean? They sort of indicated they're going to go down the Rollins-Lesnar route here with Rollins calling out Lesnar. Hopefully, just go with Rollins. We, right, we have not had a winner of a Royal Rumble, babyface, going on to main event WrestleMania and winning the title. And how long has it been now? I actually can't remember the last time. What was it? Brian didn't win the Rumble. Um, Rollins didn't, I think Roman Reigns 2016, but that was hardly like your big victorious babyface winners, people were booing him, but yeah, just have Seth win the Rumble, give us that great moment where he beats Lesnar at WrestleMania, that's what I want this year, hopefully they do it, Rollins needs to be the main event, He was at the st- after WrestleMania last year when he won the IC title, he was the most over guy on the show, and he still is now, despite him being put in the background towards with the, obviously the Shield stuff, so, yeah, push Rollins, he's great. Well, they're going to anyway, aren't they, I think. Um, we also, what else do we have in Raw? We had AOP and Drake Maverick against Rude and Gable in a handicapped tag team championship match. Um, I think AOP, they, AOP had Rude and Gable beat when Drake Maverick requested to come in. He does the glorious pose. He goes to cover. Rude kicks out, reverses it into a three count, and Bobby Rude and Chad Gable are your new tag team champions so it really looks like Vince is trying to shake things up a little bit after the ratings last week so I don't know what he's going to do next week because obviously the ratings were at an all time low this week again um, we had we had an, an Italia promo, she cut a good emotional promo, I thought yeah this is a nice little build for the match and then they had Ruby Riot come out they should have just ended it with Natalia's promo about how she wanted to win the match for a dad at TLC, I was happy with that, but no, Ruby Riot comes out, she basically just, it's just a stupid promo about Natalia's dad, who only passed away in, at the end of last summer, do you know what I mean, she shows a table with a picture of Jim Neidhart on, and says that when she puts Natalia through it, oh, she'll be closer to her dad than ever, this, right, this doesn't get heat on Ruby Riot. this gets heat on the company, so don't do it, What's the point in Ruby Riot doing this year? Offending everyone if it's not going to get heat on her. It doesn't. Nobody was mad at Ruby Riot. They was just like, oh, this company, what are they doing that for? Stupid stuff. Don't want to see it. Do you know what I mean? Just let them have a win the match for a dad. We don't need pictures of people who've died six months ago on the front of a damn table. Stupid. Um, what else did we have? We had Mysterio against Ziggler. Mysterio. 
and Mysterio against Ziggler, am I on about? Sorry, it's been a long show. McIntyre against Ziggler. McIntyre beat Ziggler and eh, it was an okay match. Get He was always going to get his win back from last week. McIntyre hit the Claymore on the outside to Ziggler, gets him back in the ring. Well, no, the Claymore was after the match, weren't it? Yeah, it was after the match. Beat him down after the match. He basically... During that time where um, Spirit Squad got sent back to OVW. Well, this was basically that much of a squash on Ziggler. He might as well be sent back to OVW. But I think it, Ziggler will be going back down the card. Back to where he was before he was paired up with McIntyre. And Ziggler served his purpose for them. For eight months, he's helped build Drew McIntyre. And now it's time for McIntyre to go on his own. Um, I think what you need to do with McIntyre, have him go in the final four in the Rumble, have him face someone in a singles match at WrestleMania, get the win, and then have him face Seth Rollins for the title in a feud after WrestleMania. That's what I'd book. Do you know what I mean? McIntyre's ready. He's ready for that main event spot. Him and Rollins are the two best guys on Raw. So, yeah, just go for that. Go for McIntyre-Rollins program over the summer for me. That's what I would do. Push Rollins-McIntyre to the top of this show, they're the best two guys on the show, for God's sake, and I think they will, they will, to be fair, um, we had an Alexa Bliss press conference where she didn't even say a word, I, I believe, uh, Naya came out, she cuts this long, boring promo, screaming about Ronda, we're just thinking, shut up, so it served its purpose in that sense, Ronda gets a big pop when she comes out, Naya runs off, Tamina runs off, but then they try to come back into the ring for a two-on-one beatdown, but Ember Moon's music hits, and she comes out to save Ronda. This really got, I feel like it got Ember Moon a really big rub, coming out to help Ronda. Ember Moon is a very talented woman. She needs to be pushed. She's done nothing since she came to Raw. She's really good. So, yeah, I'm glad she's been aligned with Ronda. And it just gives that rub off Ronda. She beats Tamina, poses with Ronda in the ring after the match, and this is really good for Ember Moon. I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. So yeah, so that builds into the Ronda Naya match for TLC. This was a fine 25 minute segment slash match. I think it probably went 25 minutes on the show or something. So yeah, this was good. It did its job. It didn't really give much uh, momentum to the Ronda Naya match, but it did a lot of good for Ember Moon, so I'm not going to complain. Ember Moon's theme music, I really like, by the way. Sounds great. It sounds great live as well. I was at the TakeOver show in New Orleans, and it was sung live, and it really did sound great live, so... Yeah, push Ember Moon. Right, so what else should we talk about? I think that was pretty much it. We'll talk about your main event match. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match. Seth Rollins, he obviously wins the match, retains the IC title. It was a really good main event. One of the best main events in Raw this year, I'd say. Um, Corbin dominated a lot of the majority. He dominated a lot of the majority. He dominated most of this match. In fact, uh, he put Rollins through a table. Uh, Rollins makes his comeback. He did a crazy frog splash from the top row onto Corbin through the table. Um, obviously, Slater, who was the referee, stopped Rollins from winning. Rollins attacked Heath Slater. I don't know where they're going on this Heath Slater stuff, but I thought it was fine. Um, he tries to help Corbin, but Rollins attacks him. Rollins, for the second time, then picks up Corbin, powerbombs him through the table in the corner, super kick on Slater, hits a curb stomp on Corbin, huge pop, and I mean huge pop, Rollins climbs the ladder, babyface wins the TLC match. This was brilliant, another happy ending to Raw, two weeks in a row, uh, I think Ambrose came to the top of the ramp and Rollins stared him down as Raw ended, but yeah, do you know what I mean? 
This Raw, if you'd have condensed it, as I always harp on about, into a two-hour show, this would have been a good go-home show for TLC. But everyone just... Everyone's got in the head, Raw's shit, SmackDown's great, which is not the case. Raw, most weeks, is not good, yeah? But this was a decent show. SmackDown, I think... I like SmackDown, yeah? I like... I think Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch are that over. Everyone loves the show, but it's not always the best show. But every... I think people... It's good. I enjoy SmackDown, I'm not going to lie. But I feel like people sometimes blindly just choose SmackDown over Raw instead of rationally comparing both shows and saying, yeah, Raw was good this week. But sometimes I, I like Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. I'm a me- member on my website. I listen to their podcast. But I feel like sometimes if they give an opinion on the show. It's like it's gospel. And everyone else on the internet goes along with what they say. But they didn't like the show, which is fine, by the way. But... I enjoyed the show, and I know others did, but a lot of people after the show, do you know what I mean, because I put a poll up, and Raw got a one-tick show, so it was rated as a good show this week, yet everyone then, all of a sudden after this Meltzer review, started shitting on the show, which for me, it was a good show, do you know what I mean, you don't always have to shit on everything, although I love shitting on WWE at times, I'm not going to lie, the pay-per-views, some of the pay-per-views this year I've hated, and I've ranted about them. Obviously not on a podcast because we're a new podcast, but on Twitter I've ranted about them. I've had a lot, have had a lot of stick off WWE fans, but I'm not going to criticise a show that was a good show. Do you know what I mean? But the difference is, I don't watch the majority of Raw shows. Like, I don't sit there for three hours and watch it through the intervals, and I'm sure when you sit and watch a show like that, it must take it out on you. So my advice would be DVR or Sky Plus Raw. Just fast forward it. I watch Raw in about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half. And I enjoy it most weeks. There's always something on the show I enjoy. So, yeah. So, that would be my advice. If you don't like Raw, don't watch the full show. Just skip through it. There's always some good bits on the show. So, yeah. Raw got a one-tick show. My overall thoughts on the show. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. And see, I don't mind Baron Corbin as well. But if you hate Baron Corbin, I can sort of see why you'd hate the show. As he is heavily featured. But, yeah. If you've not watched Raw, you're listening to my review of it. Check out the Seth Rollins opening promo. Check out the Seth Rollins Baron Corbin match. Check out the Ember Moon running. I enjoyed all that stuff. So, yeah, it was a decent show. It was far from the worst show, Raw show ever. And for me, it didn't deserve to be the lowest rated Raw show ever. But it was. Right, so we're just going to have a quick break now. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Do you know what? We don't need a break, do we? I've got working about, well, I should have started work about an hour ago, so we don't need this break. Let's just plough through and get through to SmackDown. As I say, we're probably already, I don't know how, I feel like I've been talking for about 50 minutes, maybe an hour at this point, so we'll just smash through SmackDown and get it done with. So, as I say, SmackDown, it was a decent show. Do you know what I mean? It had a good start, it had a good ending, there was a lot of crap in the middle. Um, The show did slightly beat last week's rating, but it was still under 2 million, which was a shame, but yeah, so the show opens with Daniel Bryan coming out, he reiterates what he said in previous weeks about the new Daniel Bryan, all that good stuff, Uh, Mustafa Ali makes his way to the ring for the match between the two, which is good to see him come up and have a match from 205 Live, Um, he deserves a spot on the main show, he's a great wrestler, Um, he he comes out and he says that the entire 205 locker room, they look up to Daniel Bryan and what happened, they ask him what happened, yeah so Bryan asks him what car he drives and Ali replies with an SUV as he has two wife and kids and Bryan goes, 
you are a very small man to drive an SUV. Punches him right in the face. It was a brilliant moment, brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, so that sets up the match. Now, my only gripe with this match is we had two commu- commercials during it. Would have loved to have seen them go 15 minutes without commercials, but we probably only really saw about six or seven minutes of in-ring action. Uh, Brain attacks the leg in the conclusion like he did to AJ last week. Locks on the submission for the win. So I really enjoyed the build-up to the match before. I would have liked to have given, given him a bit more time. I do never really had that feeling that Ali was going to win. I was hoping this would be sort of like the John Cena-Kurt Angle match from SmackDown back in 2002. It really put Ali over. It did to an extent, but I never really thought he was going to beat Brian. But I think the purpose of this match was just to sell that Brian is going to take out your body part. And they did that well. So, yeah, Brian wins. He attacks him after the match. And, yes. Yeah, Brian with another great, great segment, you could call it, on SmackDown for probably the fourth week in a row. So, yeah, what else did we have? Oh, we had that terrible rap battle. Uh, Ice Ice Shamey was kind of funny, I suppose. And the Usos, I like the Usos, but what were they talking about? I, I didn't understand what they was on about. I mean, do you know what I mean? I'm not really into rap or anything, but I didn't know what they were talking about. They're just going on. It was just nothing. They were just talking about Mr. Turnbuckle. I thought, what is this crap I'm watching? And then it ends with the bar beating down the New Day and the Usos. Standard build for the tag team match on Sunday. Next, so after that terrible rap battle, we had The Miz coming out, talking shit about this stupid trophy. This is the longest running story in WWE, this World Cup trophy that was won two months, well, almost two months ago. He calls Shane out, he brings a ref out, they have another tag match versus Jobbers, the Vegas boys. Shane looked awful in the ring, he wins with an awful triangle. Crowd don't know what to make of it. Uh, this was didn't do it for me. You know at some point Miz and Shane are probably going to win the tag titles, it'll probably lead to a singles match at Mania. If that keeps Miz out of the main event match, which it, people are saying it's going to be Brian and Miz, and it's not, I'm telling you, if that match happens at WrestleMania... I'm going to be annoyed I didn't go to Wrestle Kingdom, put it that way. Uh, they don't need Miz. Miz is, is an okay worker. People seem to have come up with this conclusion. Miz is a great worker. He's not. Plain and simple, Miz is not a great worker. If you think he's a great worker, just stick your head in a cold bowl of water because you don't have a clue what you're going on about. He's an alright worker. Yeah, he has good matches with your likes of Rollins, which, for Pinnock, I could have a good match with Seth Rollins. Well, maybe not, but... Yeah, so it was a strange segment. They, I don't know where they're going with this Miz and Shane stuff. I'm guessing it'll lead to WrestleMania or something. They'll probably do a spot at the Royal Rumble, but yeah, just not good. Next, we have Mysterio Orton building up their chairs match for TLC. I couldn't think of a worse stipulation. This was just your standard, bland build-up segment, run-of-the-mill segment for a match at TLC. Orton's out there with a mic. He talks about being... the Dangerous with his RKO. Mysterio attacks him with a chair. Orton runs off. That's it. Run-of-the-mill segment. Boring, really. So that's the third segment I've not really cared for. Next, Rusev and Jeff Hardy beat Nakamura and Samoa Joe in a quick five-minute or so match when Rusev pins Nakamura. What was the point in this match? The two separate feuds that are going on, they're not having a... They're not on the TLC pay-per-view as far as we know. They might add it last minute, but we've already got 12 matches, so I doubt that. So, not sure what the point of this was. 
yeah, it was a nothing match, really. Um, I think what they'll probably do with these, usually they have like a big last Raw, last SmackDown of the year show, or a first Raw, first SmackDown show. They usually try and have a big match. So you'll probably see Jeff Hardy against Samoa Joe and Rusev against Nakamura on those shows as maybe the main event. Yeah, Rusev, I think, might win the US title, actually, off Nakamura at some point. But, yeah, so... Uh, what was the point in building up the Jeff Hardy Samoa Joe stuff over the last few weeks if they're not having a match on the pay-per-view? I suppose it gives them something to do on television, so that's right. Um, next, we had the main event, which was Charlotte versus Oscar. This match, it was really good. Obviously, they had the classic, you could call it, yeah, it was, it was kind of a classic match at WrestleMania 34. Um, so they're having a good match here. It goes about 15 minutes. The match ends suddenly when Charlotte attacks Oscar with the kendo sticks in exactly the same way she did to Ronda at Survivor Series. This was it was a good angle. The end of the show, I enjoyed it. Uh, but she gets involved. Becky attacks Charlotte, but then Oscar attacks both of them, and the show goes off the air with both Becky and Charlotte led on the announce table with Oscar striking them with vicious kendo stick shots this went off fair it was brilliant oscar looked like a down killer it was a great segment to end smackdown so yeah so we had a great segment to end the show great segment to start the show everything in the middle for me i didn't enjoy i thought it was pretty dull really so yeah so check out the daniel Bryan mustafa ali stuff at the start and check out charlotte oscar and that was it really for me from the show not much else to talk about so i'm gonna i put a poll up right here so, Wrestling Newspaper Podcast, at Wrestle Newspaper, follow us on Twitter, and the poll was, what was the better show this week, Raw or Smackdown Live? Now, to me, you could go either way, but the fact that Smackdown Live got 79% of this, this poll, it just shows people are biased towards Smackdown for me, and I don't know why, I'd like both shows at times, I hate both shows at times, Smackdown's probably the better show, but people sometimes are biased in these polls, so yeah. You should have voted Raw, but I'm not going to tell you what to vote for as it's freedom, but yeah, I'm going to tell you, you should have voted Raw, it was the better show this week, <laughs> as it had the better main event. So, let's move on to your weekly WWE Television Awards, we'll go with the match of the week first this week, the match of the week, it was between Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, or Charlotte and Oscar, for me it was Rollins and Baron Corbin easily, they had a great match, great main event. I enjoyed this match. So yeah, your match of the week was Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin from Raw in a TLC match. Loser of the week. There wasn't many losers really on these shows, but the biggest one was Dolph Ziggler. He was like top couple of acts on the show a couple of weeks ago. He just got buried from Drew McIntyre. He will go back to being just a face that puts over people. That's what he's going to be. He's going to go back to exactly what he was doing before McIntyre. So the biggest loser on this show was Dolph Ziggler. Now, the winner of the week, there was a few contenders for this, so I put a another beautiful poll on my tw- Twitter handle. So who do you think was the winner of the week out of the following? So the options were Seth Rollins, Bobby Roode and Gable, who won the tag titles, Mustafa Ali made his debut, you could say. Well, he, he appeared on Raw after WrestleMania the other year, but he's... You know, and this was basically his main roster. Well, you could call it main roster debut. So Mustafa Ali or Oscar, who killed the show at the end. She killed it. She was brilliant at the end. And the poll results are 6% Rude and Gable, Oscar 14%, Mustafa Ali 38%. And your winner 
and winner of the week, Seth Rollins, 42%. I'm not going to disagree with that. So Seth Rollins is your winner of the week. So yeah, so it's not been as an in-depth review as usual for Raw and SmackDown, but I've run through it for you. There was okay shows. I thought Raw was better than SmackDown slightly. Um, I say I, saw, I don't know if you saw this. There was a tweet from Brian Alvarez who quoted the Raw rating and said this is embarrassing. And then um, I think Jimmy Jacobs, who used to be a Raw writer, he's actually been on Alvarez's show a few times. He tweeted. Something along the lines of... What did he tweet now? Hang on, I'll have a look. My phone's right in front of me. So, at Jimmy Jacobs tweeted, writing a three-hour wrestling TV show every single week is effing hard to Alvarez, which I found interesting, because obviously I thought they were friends, those two. But And then, Seth Rollins jumped in, and Seth Rollins quoted Jimmy Jacobs and said, that's the one thing I don't think people understand. Five hours of live TV every week. Every week. Adding all the extra newest variables and that affect the final outcome. It's a modern miracle that the shows come to dev- together as well as they do. Mm. Won't quite go that far, Seth, but I can see where he's coming from. It must be hard for them, but wh- why are people having to go at Alvarez? Do you know what I mean? His job is to review wrestling. If it's the lowest rating in Raw history, he's going to say that it's bad stuff, which it is. But... Hey, I just thought that was interesting, the three communicating. Interestingly, Rollins has actually got Alvarez blocked on Twitter. So, I'm not sure how we actually saw that. But anyway, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm, usually, I run through all the news of the week. But the big news from the week is just basically the shows that are this weekend. So, there's not actually that much to get into. Um, obviously... I'd say the biggest story for me of the week, it's it's the Raw ratings, that's the biggest story of this week, so yeah, we've talked about this, It's I don't think the show deserves such a low rating, but it got it, do you know what I mean, so all they can do is hopefully have a good TLC pay-per-view, the rating will pick back up next week if they have an okay pay-per-view, there's always a bit of a boost on the Raw after a pay-per-view, so it won't be the third lowest consecutive rate, whatever, it won't be the lowest rating for a third week in a row, so yeah, what's something else I wanted to talk about, the TLC theme music, it's terrible, they did a Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles build-up video package, and this song, it's bloody awful, do you know what I mean, back in the day, we used to have great theme songs, it used to like help set a pay-per-view for me, remember December 2007 it was, they had the, the End Is Near, or whatever song, great song, do you know what, when I edit the show, I'm going to put the End Is Near song in as your halftime song, if I can. Because it was a great song, and now we've got this crap music as the pay-per-view theme. At least it wasn't Little Mix, I suppose. That's one positive, as they are god-awful. Um, yeah, so that was a quick rant to end the show. Sorry about that. So, yeah, so this show, we've reviewed Raw. We've reviewed SmackDown. This weekend, TLC. Sunday night, make sure you watch it. Ring of Honor, Friday night, final battle, make sure you watch that show. Check out the Road to Tokyo Dome shows. What a great weekend of wrestling. It's the last one of 2018. Go and watch it. It's going to be good, hopefully. And I will be back with a special show on Monday talking about all three of those shows. So check us out. We're on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Just search Wrestling Newspaper and we will appear Check out our Twitter, at WrestleNewsPAPR. Tweet me your thoughts. I'm interested in knowing what you think. Tweet me. Review the shows. I hope you're enjoying the shows. 
we're in the early processes, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to get everything right about the shows, but yeah, I'm excited for this weekend, as I'm sure you can tell. That's it, the show's over. I'm Daniel, you've been great, we will be back Monday to talk about the great, last great weekend of 2018. Download the show, rate, review us, follow us on Twitter, and that's it. See you later. Look, that roster, that locker room back there, that is some of the most talented men and women that Monday Night Raw has ever seen. And you've got no idea what to do with it. Here's an example. You've got a tag team, an amazing tag team like The Revival, who should be competing for the Raw Tag Team titles. And you've got them in Lucha House Rule matches. Every single decision that you've made is to mask your insecurities, Corbin. Oh, was Braun Strowman mean to you? Did he hurt your feelings? So bad so that you felt you had to hand the title, the Universal Championship, back to Brock Lesnar? You know the last time Brock Lesnar competed on a match on Monday Night Raw? Do you have any clue, any idea? Let's get in the way back machine, all the way to 2002. 16 years since Brock Lesnar's been on a match on Raw. So this whole Baron Corbin experience, this little experiment you're doing, I got some news for you. It's been an abject failure. Because talent support, the morale from backstage, the fan support, and the TV ratings are all at an all-time low. And it is all because of you.